I have to be very quiet. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Santa Chris is here. Bonsai Chris is tending to his bonsai tree, which is in desperate need of trimming. Last night, I was filling Bonsai Chris's stocking with small squares of organic, paleo-friendly, non-chocolate, chocolate-covered cashew butters when I noticed that someone, perhaps Bonsai Nick, had already placed a gift inside Bonsai Chris's stocking. Why, it was a freshly baked, ready-to-serve bonus episode of the Make It podcast. A podcast with guest Matthew Hankins who's been in the film business since 1991 as a sound engineer. He's worked on television series like Tiny House Hunters, short films like Generation Mixtape, and feature films like Crazy All These Years and Wild Man and All Light Will End. I think he's coming. So, without further ado, I've always wanted to do this. I give you sound engineer in a man in search of the creative holy grail. Matthew Hankins. You're listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps aspiring professionals in film get where they're going faster by dissecting the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives in the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley. Hey there, this is Matt Hankins. Uh, I'm known mainly in the filmmaking industry for my work with sound mixing on set. Some projects that I've worked with in the last few years, uh, there's a film out of Nashville called Wild Man that um, has been released in the last year. There's some other projects that are pending that um, you'd be able to find online called one called Carpe DM by a filmmaker by, of the name of Heather Leroy. I think that's going to be a good one. I, there's a, a podcast that I've been working on with a filmmaker named Faith McQuinn. Of course, this isn't a film. It's a podcast. It's called Boom, a serial podcast. And we just squee- squeaked past 500,000 downloads recently, which we're really excited about. And... Um, that's just a short primer for Matt Hankins on IMDb. I'm known as Matthew L. Hankins. All right. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining Matt. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to you. This has been a long time coming. So indeed I'm glad to have finally uh, nailed down the time uh, that works for both of us that we can talk. Um, I'm excited to hear uh, your feedback and, and all the advice you have for um, all of the creatives out there uh, trying to make their way in this this film or this business of film, I should say. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, what is the biggest challenge you've overcome so far, um, either in sound engineering or in producing or in filmmaking? And uh, how did you overcome it? Well, the biggest obstacle that I encounter as a freelancer 
is, to be perfectly honest, lack of self-motivation when it comes to creative projects for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it probably falls under the old stereotype of artists being depressed slackers. Um, But the reality is, I think a lot of people have difficulty staying on task. When you're working for yourself, developing your own projects, staying on task, I think, is even more difficult versus when you're working for someone else. I struggle with that anyway. And um, in fact, I think it's a lot easier to accept work from other people and promote other people's work as a freelancer than it is to stay on task with my own projects. Um, Overcoming that's been a lifelong task for me, to be honest. And uh, the best solution I have for dealing with that is I find whenever I have a true destination in mind for a project that the struggle's so much easier and I can work on my projects and complete them. Yeah. And so overcoming it is a matter of just kind of knowing what you want to do with it before you do it. Yeah. You know, um, I, I get lots of, I've been doing creative work pretty much my whole life. And, uh, I decided a long time ago that I was going to pursue per, uh, creative work versus strictly monetary work, you know, like making something versus sales. And as a result, um, I just have to, like sometimes I've worked for other people and sometimes I work for myself. And when I'm working for myself, I develop creative ideas, but if I don't have a destination in mind for them, I get partway through and then wonder why I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. And, you know, Nick and I spent some time in the music business and we'd run into independent artists all the time and they would tell us, hey, I'm making an album. And our first question would be, why? (laughs) That's a good question. That's a really good question. Why? When when a two song demo might get you where you want to go. So so just piggybacking on that last question. uh, Sure. What is the biggest challenge you're facing now then? Well, the largest hurdle I've faced in the past number of years is coming to terms with the freedom I have to work on what I want to work on and when I want to. Um, It's supposed to be a good problem, but focus eludes me sometimes, which I kind of was talking about. Um, You know, the other thing is uh, clicking with people on finding a good fit for partnering, partnering with projects is a struggle. It's not really a struggle, but it's something that I, I constantly have to work at. And I think everyone does because, you know, we meet up with people and it seems like we're going to work with this person or work with that person. But those relationships take a lot of time to build and to um, make sure you're clicking with people. Yeah. That's- yeah. Yeah, that's that's very true. Trying to find your tribe, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I really believe that if you can do that and have a couple of projects with the same people, you start to have an equilibrium and a flow and a synergy that you can't really develop otherwise. And the projects will get better because of that. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And um, inevitably, everyone comes into these things as individuals, because that's what we are, but you know, to, to work on filmmaking in particular, it's a group effort. Even when it's a small group, it's always, it, it can't possibly be one person doing the, the work. Uh, if you're doing it all by yourself, you're probably missing out on the power of the group. So building that 
network is really important. And so anyway, that's something that I don't know if it's so much a struggle is it's just something I have to always work at. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a good point. Um, what are the two best pieces of advice you've received so far in your career and who did they come from? <laughs> um, okay. So here's a paraphrase from a long time ago. Do good work. Do not waste your time doing a job without putting real effort behind it. That's paraphrased from a high school art teacher I had named Caroline Winslow. I I think she was trying to suggest that we should place our soul and heart into the work we're doing. Um, Anyway, I think the idea can still apply even if a person... Not just the idea is to not simply go through the motions when doing something. You can't create things if we're not engaged. And um, anyway, that I, I think that engagement can happen on a lot of different levels, just not in autopilot. So that's that, that. Yeah, that's that's one piece of advice I'd received a long time ago, and I think it's really stuck with me and, and I use it. Another one, um, it was never intended specifically for work, but I think in the, in the realm of filmmaking, it's really pertinent, at least to me. So, um, whenever my wife and I were getting married, a friend of mine, Carol Crago told me that, so do fun, interesting and great things together and do fun and interesting, great things alone. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> so she was trying to get me mentally prepared to be married and it was a good idea and it's worked really well. Uh, so it, keeping in the spirit of what we we're kind of talked about with um, filmmaking being a group effort, I feel like a- as creators where we, we work on these projects, you know, like a writer develops it on their own and you have to, be working by yourself to a certain extent to to build these things but at a certain point you got to get together with other people and um, I think that's really important so so we can nurture each other and uh, exist independently but grow as a group at the same time and that came from you said Carol Crago Carol Crago yeah yeah I grew who, who named Chris a, Crago by the way uh, yeah well uh, Carol was a long time television producer and uh, again she wasn't really directing this at filmmaking but it, she could have yeah for sure and it, it, it's amazing how many and we've done tons of these interviews as you know and it's amazing how many people will take something their high school teacher told them there seems to be actually a preference on getting this advice young versus getting it in college for example so mm-hmm. yeah it's really interesting um yeah, I heard uh, one time I heard uh, an interview, and probably a million other people heard this as well, an interview with uh, Frank Black from the Pixies. Yeah. And the interviewer was asking him, this is uh, in the last, like, say, three or four years, interview asked him if there's any bands today that influence him. And he goes, whoa, hold on. You aren't influenced later in life. You may be um, inspired, but you're not influenced. You're influenced when you're younger. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that I necessarily agree with them, but it it sort of lends itself to what you were just saying in terms of a lot of these interviews. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't, about I, I don't necessarily agree with them either, Matt. I, but I will say this: I do agree with the idea that you're far more malleable when you're young. 
Yes, absolutely. So you're yep. there to be shaped. You're just you're just raw. You're a raw lump of clay. Uh, so so what what advice? You know, you you've been given some great advice in your life. What advice would you give someone trying to be in your role that's brand new to film? In sound, in particular, or just filmmaking in general? Uh, you you pick. I, I think wherever you think your strongest advice might be. Well, I really think. Sounds such a weird beast, so I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> because, <laughs> I, I, you know, cause to be honest, you know, I, I do sound uh, because it's something that I've been doing for a long time. But my real interest is in creative pursuits and uh, and filmmaking. At the moment, just happens to be one of the creative pursuits I'm following, and um, I just feel like. We need to grow all the time, learn all the time. Don't 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 think you can do the things on your own, and find groups of people who you enjoy working with to do these projects with. Um, hopefully for pay. I mean, at the end of the day, we can't keep doing these things for the rest of our lives for free, unless it's a hobby. And um, I believe that the crux of your interview session is to address people who are pursuing this as a career. Right. So fi finding a core of people you can work with on creative pursuits uh, and, and finding a, some commercial value. And it's really going to be important. It, it can't just be for funsies. It has to be something you can find a business structure from. No, I think that's, that's, yeah. that's solid solid advice and pragmatic advice as well. Um, what are the, so, so going back to sort of addressing the newbie, if you will. Sure. Uh, sure. What are the biggest creative and business mistakes you see newcomers making? Hmm. Um, well, in filmmaking in particular, I see these days I've been seeing some trends in image making and uh, those Trends of today are the pictures that will make the work look really dated tomorrow. Mm. Obviously, every era has trends that they follow, and um, and that and that's what makes certain decades look like it was made at those times. So, <laughs> in a certain degree, I I think following into the trends is inevitable. But working uh, creatively and trying to develop new material. I feel like the aspiration we should be putting forth is pursuing, avoiding doing what everyone else is doing when it's possible. Mm. Obviously we all have commercial constraints for, for the work we're doing. We can't just live in our own little creative bubble, but you know, repeating what everyone's doing, it makes it really hard to, stand out from the crowd. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah so, um, and, and as far as business mistakes that people are doing, I feel like, and, and this is a trap that I fall into too. It's not unique to younger or, or new, new make comers to the filmmaking market, but confusing that gear is going to make, allow people to make something great or creative. And then, after you make something creative, you're automatically going to make money. Mm. And those things 
not only do they not go together, but none of them mean anything to anything at all. <laughs> you know, like if it, <laughs> buying a new camera or a new light or whatever, that's not going to automatically help you make anything cool. It, it could, it could help, I guess, but it doesn't mean it's guaranteed. And, and making a great new movie or film or whatever doesn't mean that anyone's even going to see it, let alone that you're going to make any money from it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the path to actual money is one that um, certainly can be um, easier than others, but but for the most part, it is a, a, a path that's full of dips and and hills and valleys and traps. And if you can navigate that, then you can do okay. But you, but you better keep your creative and business head on the entire journey. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's well suited for keeping those things in check in the filmmaking industry is that we have directors mm -hmm. and we have producers. And in the traditional sense, they wear different responsibilities. I mean, I know in the modern era, we have producers who are doing creative work and we have directors that are doing um, financial risk management, but traditionally the director dealt specifically with everything creative and the producer dealt with everything that had to do with the business side of the project. And I think those are roles that didn't happen by mistake. You know, I mean, like somebody was investing money in something and the producer is responsible for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. again, going back to your point, make a film with people that you care about, that you respect their work and it takes a village. You cannot do it alone. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, I know you said it's hairy to get into this, but I am going to put you on the spot with this one. Okay. Sure. Go, uh, go for it. Because we just don't have a lot of sound engineers. We just don't have a lot of sound people do interviews and it, it will be a unique take for us. So if you had one month to teach someone how to do sound on a film, what are the first three things you would teach them? So you've got one month to make them competent. Wow. So the first thing I'd want to know from them coming into it is, do they have any background in it at all? And if they don't, then the first thing they need to so, learn. Yeah, let, let, for the sake of the question, let's assume they don't. Sure. And, and you have they to don't, okay. three things in one month. To, <laughs> or maybe, or maybe every, more than three things, but, but the first three things would be what? First thing they got to understand is they need to get rid of all their assumptions that, that they know anything about what sound for picture or sound for film is all about. They need to just come at it with a completely open mind. Mm. Second thing they need to know is the job of the sound mixer on set. One of the crucial things is we listen for mistakes and problems. We don't listen for yeah, I, I don't want it to be confused. Like we do, hopefully we do creative work, but at the end of the day, it ends up being a very technical kind of position and it's about finding problems. Right. Um, and, and I did this kind of thing in um, news work as well, where sometimes I'd come back from a press conference where I'd recorded it and somebody would ask me about, you know, what this was, what, what the event was about. And I'd say, I, I don't know. I can tell you where the mistakes were. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Cause those, cause when you, when you finish with the job, 
the mistakes, the problems, uh, those are things that you have to address. Sometimes, so you address what you can on set and what you can't address on set. We need to take notes for, that's what a script supervisor would be hopefully working and partner with us to do. But you need to indicate what those problems are so they can be addressed later. Um, the other thing that people on set for films really need to learn how to do and this just takes practice and hopefully a month would be enough to do it if I was working with somebody, but putting microphones on talent is, it can be challenging. I, I'm, I'm good at it. So it doesn't feel challenging anymore, but that's a real problem for some people. Explain why it's challenging. Well, you're hiding this little microphone. That's like the size of a pen tip mm -hmm. on your talent and there's all kinds of challenges involved with that where the deeper it goes into their clothing, the more muffled it becomes. Mm -hmm. And if it brushes against clothing, you get weird sounds. If you have body hair nearby, you can have weird sounds. And it needs to be locked in place and not bothering the talent. Talent needs to be able to focus on being their character if we're doing a narrative piece or either way that whoever even if it's a documentary whoever you're interviewing or recording as an actor they can't, you don't want them to be distracted by the tools for the task you want them to be immersed in what they're doing and yeah so so good sound isn't sound that you hear good sound is sound that you don't hear if that makes any sense at all no, it like, definitely does so is yeah. that three, by the way? Did I count three? So first, uh, boy, learn, I don't know. <laughs> learn, learn, learn to get rid of all your preconceptions. Uh, two, uh, listen for mistakes. Um, don't try to get overly creative with it. Listen for mistakes. And if you don't hear mistakes, you've got good sound. And then third, learn how to mic up talent without uh, getting terrible sound in A, and then B, without disturbing or burdening the talent. And, and disrupting their performance. Yeah. Yeah. That's, those are three good ones. And uh, I'll piggyback on the learning to mic up talent with, and this goes hand in hand with being able to accomplish the task. Well, is develop a rapport with your actors so you can accomplish your task. Uh, that's a great point. Yeah. 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 I totally agree with that. Uh, so speaking of talent and creatives, um, which creatives do you most admire and want to emulate? And as a two-parter, what do they do from a technical or skill standpoint that makes their work stand apart? Wow. I didn't see this one coming. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm not real good with names on people's work that I've, looked at it's it's a funny thing it's more of a collection of work over time a, a recent filmmaker whose work i really like is the the guy who did the movie um primer and and um upstream color mm -hmm. I, I can't think of his name right now not I, I, sometimes i draw well, often when i start drawing blanks on names i can't think of anything so i'm really sorry about that it's just one of my failings as a person. And, 
but he's a filmmaker out of Texas and I really like his work. Is it, is it Shane Carruth? Yeah. Shane, Shane Carruth. Yep. I I love his work. Um, he hasn't done a lot. I'll, I'll be the first to recognize, but what he has done, I've really liked. Um, so I like his work. I, I always liked work by the guy who did, um, Black Swan. And uh, Aronofsky. Did, yeah, Arno, yeah. Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's my favorite. I like. I really like his work. Did you see Pi? I did. His first movie? I did. Yeah, That's me too. That's where the love affair began with him. Yeah, me too. Me too. And then I saw um, that second movie he made, um, Requiem for a Dream. And boy, what what a wonderful movie, but what a horrible story. Like, people would ask me if, yeah. they, if they should see it, and I was like... I implore you to not watch it because it's so disturbing at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. People think I'm a, a, an insane person because I have that movie in my top 10. And I'm like, yeah, I know the movie is a downward spiral, but there isn't any other downward spiral like it. And Yeah, exactly. That's is, so true. It is so poignant and it is such a strange love story. Um, and some people might not describe it as that. I, I certainly would. Um, yeah, I don't think you're going to leave there happy, but you will leave there impressed. Uh, yeah, good, good, good description. And, and, um, I remember some different art friends of mine talking about, they wanted people to feel when they saw their art and you certainly leave that movie feeling whether you feel good or not. It's a different thing, but you feel it. Um, yeah. So, so then the, um, so what is it that, 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 you know, Shane and, and Darren do that kind of set them apart in your mind? Well, I feel like they approach the filmmaking as art. Uh, the guy who made the movie The Crow and Dark City, I feel like he falls into that for, for me as well. Um, I just, I love the art. I love their art. I love their art. Just, okay, so there's lots of painters whose work they're, I they're don't remaking like. remaking The Crow, by the way, just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't director, know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> the director's Alex Proyas, by the way. Yeah, Alex Proyas. Yeah, I love his. He, he made, he didn't make that many movies. But Mm-mm. but he, what he did, I, I really liked. Uh, there was some weird movie he made about some about Australian garage, uh, an Australian garage band. I guess he's from Australia, and it was a weird little piece. That was the last thing I saw by him. Um, uh, garage he, Garage Days is what you're talking about. But but he also uh, he had a huge movie. He had uh, I Robot, which I loved. So oh, he did I Robot. Yeah, he did. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, there you go. See, he just, they keep making stuff, and I and I miss it. So, so <laughs> or at you, least I miss I miss who the artist was, right? But just to ex- expound upon that a little bit, um, when you say they approach it as art, that can be really broad to someone that's hearing that. Um, digging deeper into that, what do, what does that mean? To me, it means that, and, and part of this is a privileged environment. Don't get me wrong; like I realize that as upcoming or developing filmmakers we don't necessarily have this privileged position to work within but i feel like they were in a place where they could focus on the art of their project and separate themselves from the other concerns of making a movie and uh, i feel like they 
they didn't get caught up in the machine in, in, in filmmaking, especially on larger projects. I feel like it's very easily becomes a whole bunch of people working as cogs in a wheel to finish, to crank this thing out. And I feel like at least in the case of those filmmakers with their particular projects, they somehow kept the art primary and prevalent throughout the process and came out with this really cool finished project that it, to me resonated. It resonates with me. All right. So you've made it this far and you're still alive and you're still with us, Matt. So last question. Okay. Um, in your opinion, what are the top three online resources for helping uh, you stay creative, uh, get involved in creative projects, help you work? Uh, in whatever area you want to go in, it's fine. But uh, where are the three places you go online? I don't know if it's narrowed down to just three, and I don't know if it's if it can be broken down from more than just one. So it's kind of weird. Over the last number of years, I've spent a lot of time on forums, uh, interacting with people who are doing the same kind of work that I'm doing. Sure. And, and these days, I've, I'm finding myself drawn to a number of Facebook pages, like user groups or whatever you want to call it. And uh, they're, they're closed groups, and they're populated mainly by folks who are working in my own particular niche world of sound for film. And there aren't a lot of us, so it's, it's a small group to begin with. And um, this is sort we of run invite it, only. Uh, yeah, some of it is, some of it is, some of it is, um, kind of, kind of proving you are who you say you are. Either way, the acceptance of the groups is vetted. It's not just a sign up and, oh, look, now we're going to give you pop up, pop up ads and you can <laughs> look at this stuff. But so, so it's, I found it's been a, a, a really great place for me to interact with my colleagues. We run into unique problems all of us kind of run into the same problems over and over again. And it's interesting to find out how, how all my colleagues deal with that stuff and um, yeah, how we overcome those problems is instructive. Gotcha. So the, these days for my online resources, that's mainly where I'm going. Stuff like how do I do sound I don't need someone to tell me that anymore. I'm, I'm at this point in my career. I'm so far past that. Now, when it comes to specific problems, that's different because you can't possibly know everything. Right. But good news is I have contact with a lot of people across the United States and then in other countries that are doing the same sort of thing. And we are willing to share what we're doing right. with each other anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are are there any tools, uh, online resources as as a tool that you use to sort of proliferate your work? You know, I have never been very good at self-promotion. That's something years ago I recognized that I'm not good at. So do I have anything that I've, what I, what the best thing I do is I 
collaborate with other people and let them use their <laughs> expertise in that area. <laughs> Recognizing my shortcomings has been the best thing I can do to combat the stuff that I'm not good at. They say a midget that stands on the shoulders of a giant can see much further than a giant. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. Yeah, pig, some, piggyback on someone else's following. and Yeah. Some of these places I definitely have a short stature on. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's great. And so, so your main resource right now, Facebook user groups, forums, um, that, I think that's great. And I think getting into those things and, and creating those groups early on in your career is sounds like great wisdom, um, uh, to, to take away from this. So, uh, Matt, this has been awesome as I knew it would be. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Uh, we have yeah, likewise uh, yeah, for sure. Nashville Film Festival coming around the corner as well. A couple of big events that that Bonzo is going to be involved in. So, um, oh great! Yeah, this is fantastic. Can you tell everybody where they can get in touch with you or find you on the internet or otherwise? Well, I have a Facebook page that I interact with. Obviously, if I'm involved in these user groups, I'm known as Matt Hankins on that page, and. Um, on, I, I mentioned earlier on IMDb, I am Matthew with two T's, L Hankins, H-A-N-K-I-N-S. And my email address is MatthewLHankins at gmail.com. Beautiful. Matt, have a great afternoon, man. Take care. This has been a blast. Thanks for bringing me on, Chris. I appreciate it. Anytime. We'll talk soon, man. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find more information on this week's creative, including links to their projects, social media, and transcripts of this interview, please visit our website at www.bonsai.film forward slash podcast. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on Show Me How to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening.